book of Acts chapter 1, uh, starting a new series, but it's going to be a high-paced series uh, because the, the book of Acts is a book of action. And uh, really, if I were to uh, have a the, the title, the think about this book of Acts and the title for this series, An Unfinished Journey, An Unfinished Journey, the when Jesus trained his disciples for three years and he got them ready and he's been working with you a while he's been how long have you been saved think about it those guys were all young Christians how long had they been saved not very long and they got saved in the middle age of their life and uh, whatever their exact age of Peter and John and James and all those other guys were um, they had a change in their life and they were growing and it was a big change because Guess what? When you got saved, you were probably already going to church. When they got saved, there wasn't a church, okay? And they were baptized by who? John the Baptist. And so Jesus took that group that didn't have a church home, (laughs) and he formed the very first church. When did Jesus form the very first church? During his ministry. At some point in time, uh, different writers say it, you know, Most of the world believes that the church started on the day of Pentecost. Well, if that's the case, then Jesus wasn't there. He didn't start it. But the church on the day of Pentecost was more or less a go. It was a go time. Because why were they there? Jesus told them to wait. Jesus told them to wait until you be endued with power. Power means authority and God's spirit to push them to take them into all the world. Now, did and if you read your Bible and I read my Bible, my Bible and your Bible both say that we're supposed to what? Go into all the world. Have y'all found a verse yet or have y'all heard Jesus say stop? So we're not, we're not going to stop. We're not going to stop until we go the cloud way or the clod way. We're not going to stop until he calls us home. So ever since the book of Acts, and the book of Acts is a a book of action, it is. Ever since the book of Acts, this has been an unfinished journey. Have you ever thought about that? He told the church to go. Has he told them to stop yet? Now I'm talking about churches in general. And no, he hasn't. So all the churches all over the world that preach the gospel, that preach the truth, he said, go, make disciples, tell people about me, preach Tell people, even if you're not called to preach, tell other people about me. And so we're going to take a... There's 28 chapters in the book of Acts. I'm just going to introduce to you the book of Acts this evening, and we're going to look at uh, the first 14 chapters. We're just going to cover half of it. We're going to fly through it, and we're going to look at some key verses. I want our church... I know our church loves missions. I know our church loves the gospel. I know our church has helped uh, missionaries. Uh, we love to see people saved. We love to see lives changed. Next Sunday morning, we're having a baptism. Ethan's getting baptized. I'm so excited about that. Let's be praying for him. What a way to start revival. Let's start praying for, and I know you already have, for Brother Micah and Brother Lewis. Uh, we've got the cottage prayer meeting coming on. And uh, so I'm just so thankful to that we have all these things happening. So I'm going to put Trey to the test. I know you can do it, Trey. He's going to keep up with me. 
you can keep up with me in your Bible, Acts chapter 1. It is a book of action. Before I begin reading these scriptures, so you're just you're never going to leave Acts. We're just going to flip, okay? Be flipping. And we're only going to go through 14. Um, I was telling the BTC class that I was uh, teaching that the other day. I went to uh, get Karen. Uh, she was saying she wanted to see this uh, movie, The Best of Me with Nicholas Sparks. And I'm like, oh, no. And, uh, you know, and it's a, it a good show. And I had a, I had a unique ending. And that's all I'm going to tell you. And then, you know, but I had a, I picked me out a movie. And it had bullets and blood, okay? That's things I like. It's a book of, and guess what the book of Acts has? It doesn't have it. It has blood, but no bullets. It has rocks. <laughs> and it has James Bond escape artist thing going on. They let Paul down outside the wall, you know, and they're running for their lives. And, and they say, and people say, I told you to stop preaching. They said, we ain't going to do it. <laughs> and so, man, there's people standing up to the federal government saying, we ain't going to obey your laws. We're going to obey God's law. And so that's my kind of action. People that's telling I'm going to obey God rather than man. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to run through these first 14 chapters. I want you to take a broad, it's kind of like flying over promised land. Here the other day, I say the other day, it's been a couple of years ago, Jamie McKinney was making a run up to Pine Bluff to get a new avionics for his airplane. He said, preacher, you want to go? I said, sure, that's awesome. And jumped in Jamie McKinney's plane, took off and crossed it, landed in Pine Bluff, ate at the uh, restaurant there. They got a cool restaurant there. And he said, on the way back, we're going to fly over the church. And so we flew up, we came up all the way, Ashley County 70, looking at everything and fish ponds everywhere. And it's cool to see the church from the air. That's what we're going to do with the book of Acts. We're going to fly over it and we're going to look at it Whenever you can't really see the details, but how beautiful a book it is and how beautiful a place promised land is. And so it's pretty cool to see it uh, from the air. Acts chapter 1 is uh, and where it all gets started. Today, we have a saying, something going viral. There's uh, YouTube videos that go viral. The book of Acts, Christianity goes viral. And every, it just starts spreading everywhere. People everywhere are talking about it. It's just going viral. You know, that you could talk about that away with the Ebola plague. They were really worried about that thing at one time. But this, folks, would be a good thing to go viral. And that's people being saved, people hearing the gospel, people going everywhere preaching. Acts chapter 1, here's the title. The church is waiting. The key verse is Acts 1.8. Acts 1.8 says this. But you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, in the uttermost part of the earth. Wait here. Wait here. Till what? Till you receive the Holy Spirit. I'm sending him. Acts 2, if you were to label this as a title, matter of fact, if you write in your Bible, I, we had to memorize this in seminary and label in all these chapters. Acts 2, the church is empowered. The church is empowered. And you may have an outline Bible that already has all this. But the key, to me, and I know this is, by the way, these verse, key verses, I didn't get out of a commentary. They're from my own personal study. They're mine. And so it's kind of an opinion. It's kind of like having your favorite verse, you know. So it's just an opinion. But to me, the key verse is Acts 2, 
37 and 38. So the church is empowered. Peter gets up and preaches. And the essence of this is now you've got the Holy Spirit. And the crowd says this, verse 37. The crowd says they were pricked in their heart, means they're under conviction. They said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what do we need to do? He said, well, I've got a couple of things you need to do. Verse 38, you need to repent and you need to be baptized. Because why? In King James it says for the remission of sins, but it means really because your sins have been remitted. Okay? And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That the Holy Spirit fills your life when you get saved. Okay? The Bible says that you're sealed unto the day of redemption. Acts chapter 3, if you were to title it, I titled it, The Lame Man is Healed. A lame, or a lame man is healed. And the key verses in that is verse 6. I like this. And uh, this lame man gets healed. Uh, Acts 3, 6 says this. Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. The key verse, the reason this is the key verse, is that man getting saved changed a whole bunch of other people. They said, man, they were shocked. And a lot of people knew him. And a lot of people knew about him. And folks, when people's lives get changed, and you know it, you've seen it before, somebody got saved and the people took notice. Somebody got saved and people took notice. And that's the way it happened here. So that's what you titled chapter 3. Chapter 4, I call it persecution. Persecution hits. The key verse to me, <clears throat> is Acts 4.12. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. The Bible says that in here that Peter and John started preaching and then they, they wouldn't hush. They got arrested. They got beat. They have got thrown in jail, but they would not hush. And this was their belief. Why? Because there's only one way in the heavens. So persecution hit in Acts chapter 4. Uh, Acts chapter 5, I call it uh, the first death in the church. The first death in the church, though, brought revival. The key verse is Acts chapter 5 and verse, there's a couple of them here. Verse 29, there we go. Acts chapter 5 and verse 29. <clears throat> the, in this passage, we see... <coughs> uh, getting the hair back there. <coughs> All right, get it out. Okay. And we see here in Peter's... And they said, we ought to obey God rather than men. Which this tells me this is when they were rearrested and said, didn't we... Verse 28 says... Didn't we tell you to hush? That's what verse 28 said. But man, my goodness, y'all done gone crazy again. And that's when they responded, we ought to obey God rather than men. Why were they on fire? Well, we know that there was uh, some people named Ananias and Sapphira, and they lied to the Holy Spirit, and God killed them. They lied to God, and God killed them. Well, everybody said, oh boy, this business is serious. And they got after it. Okay. Acts chapter 6. 
the first deacons are chosen. That's why I've titled it First Deacons. Now, I know that the Bible in Acts chapter 6 does not call them deacons. But why is this important? Well, they had a, they had a problem come up. This was just a logistics problem is all it was. It wasn't, a, it wasn't a, a church divided problem. That happened over in Acts 15. But we won't get there tonight. Uh, but here they had a church. It's just a logistic. The church was growing. And there there was a lot of widows. Uh, just like today, a lot of times women would live longer than men. And they had a lot of widows in the church. And matter of fact, they had to come up with some rules. Paul did. And he wrote them down in First Timothy about what is a true widow and what that could be cared for by the church and are the local churches. Anyway, and what happened is, and the key verse here is, I, really it's key verses 1 through 4. In Acts 6, 1 through 4, In those days when the number of disciples multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. The twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Uh, Three, basically, biblically, from God's holy word, there's only... uh, Three purposes for a deacon. Now I'll start with S here. And that's to serve the church, support the pastor, and solve problems. That's what we find here in God's holy word. Right there. They said, you know what? These guys, they need support. Why? There was, uh, I need to serve the church by being a servant, putting on the apron. Doing the daily ministrations, the daily things. Support the pastor. Why? I want to free him up. So he can pray and he can study. And he can feed me when he gets behind the pulpit. And to solve problems because they saw a problem here and guess what they did? They said, we need to take care of this problem, take care of this solution and be a part of the solution. And so that's what they did. That's what we see in God's holy word. Acts chapter 7, if you want to label that one, is the stoning of Stephen. The key verse is the very last one, verse 60. Because why? Besides Jesus, there is no more powerful verse in the Bible on forgiveness. Did you hear me? Besides our Lord... There is no more powerful verse in the Bible on forgiveness than this one. Why? He's asking God to forgive them. And he says here, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. Why is this so powerful or why is this so important? Because there was a fellow standing there who saw it. And his life was radically changed because he watched this man the way this man died. His name was Saul. That was his Hebrew name. His later, his Greek name was Paul. And so he saw that. And matter of fact, he mentions it later in one of his testimonies, Paul does. So label that. Uh, <clears throat> Title, uh, chapter 8, the Ethiopian eunuch. The key verse, verse 36. Acts 8, 36. Uh, 
if some might not have one of these verses, if you sometimes if you have a non-King James Version Bible uh, or a non-New King James Version Bible, it maybe leave out verse 37 or put it in italicized uh, because it was because of the Greek text thing. But it says in verse 36, as they went their way, they came into certain water. And uh, the eunuch said, here's water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? This is the only place in God's word that shows the prerequisite for baptism. The only place in the entire Bible that shows the prerequisite for baptism. If thou, verse 37, if thou believest, thou mayest. If you, if you want, so can I, if somebody comes up before me and says, hey preacher, I want to be baptized. Can I just say, hey church, let's baptize them. No, there's a prerequisite in there. There's a requirement. They got to profess Jesus Christ as their Savior previously, before that. Okay? And so that's a, that's a neat thing. Acts chapter 9, of course, if you want to label that, Paul is saved. His name is Saul. I know you can change that if you want to. But Paul is saved. Key verse to me, verse 15 and 16. Acts 9, 15. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, he's speaking to Ananias, for he's a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings for the children of Israel. And I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. Folks, <clears throat> Paul was not only called to preach, but he was called to suffer. Why? It tells you. I like it when the Bible tells you. <laughs> Sometimes, it, you know, the Bible's not real clear, and that's why it does say study. I love it when it says it. Why was he called to suffer? For my name's sake. Wow. What if God called you to suffer? Why, God? For my name. What if that was the only reason God gave you? For my sake. Well, can you get somebody else? <laughs> Maybe I'd just like to be saved. Do I have to suffer too? Are you kidding me? I didn't know this was in the fine print. Okay, Acts chapter 10. Title of it, The House of Cornelius Saved. Verse 34 and 35 is a key verse. Peter opened his mouth and said, and he was a very prejudiced person. He didn't like Gentile people at all. He saw a big vision. It said, uh, God saying, listen, you need to go speak to the Gentiles. He considered them unclean beasts. <laughs> and uh, God said, what I've called clean, don't you call unclean? And then Peter changed his tune. In Acts 10:34. he said, of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. Verse 35 says, anybody of any nationality can be saved. But in every nation... He that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted. Okay, Acts chapter 11. This is a pretty cool one. The church at Antioch, the second church we know of is started. Acts chapter 11 verse 22 is a key verse. The title, the church at Antioch started. Acts 11:22. Then tidings came unto the ears in the churches which were in Jerusalem, and they sent forth Barnabas that he should go as far as Antioch. What they hear, they heard about people being saved up there. When he came, verse 23, they had seen the grace of God, was glad, exhorted, or encouraged them. 
that was the purpose of heart, they would cleave unto the Lord. Verse 24, for he was a good man, full of the Holy Ghost, and much people was added unto the Lord. 25, Paul, excuse me, Barnabas said, I need help. So guess who he gets? He goes, he gets this new Christian who used to be a killer. I'm going to go find an MMA fighter. That's what I'm going to go find. I'm going to go find somebody who, who used to work for uh, Hitler. <laughs> I'm going to go find, I mean, this is the most unlikely candidate. Who do you want for associate pastor? How about Adolf Hitler's second man in command that got saved? Are you kidding me? This fellow used to persecute Jews all up and down the, the, the East Coast. Are you kidding me? You want him as an associate pastor? Yeah. Because why? I heard he's preaching up a storm. He's a preaching up a storm. And then it says in verse 26, they brought him to Antioch and they stayed there. And by the way, this is the very first time ever you see in the Bible anywhere you see the word Christian is Acts 11:26. Very first time Christian ever occurs in the Bible. Okay, Acts chapter 12, the first apostles killed. Verse 1, about that time Herod the king stretched forth his hand. And he killed James, verse 2. Bible says that they were weeping. They were upset. They were crying. Very first one. Now, he wasn't the first one to die. Who was the first one to die? He was really a false apostle, and that was Judas. James gets killed. They're all upset. But folks, God uses bad things. To bring about good things. He's the only one that can do that. Acts chapter 13. If you want to title it. The first church planting team. Now a lot of people through the years. And I grew up calling Paul. And Barnabas. When they when the church at Antioch sent them out. A missionaries. That word is not in the Bible. But guess what they did do. Missionaries. Guess what they, they went and started churches. So you could say it's the church starting team. <laughs> you call, call, what, did, what did they do? They went out and started churches all over Asia Minor, which is uh, modern-day Turkey. And so this is a huge thing. How do you spread churches? How do you start other churches? This is it. Acts 13, 1, and then the key verses to me is just verses 1 through 3. There were in the certain church in Antioch certain prophets, teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, was called Niger, Lucis of Serene, Manon, they had been brought up with Herod, Tetrarch, and Saul. And they ministered to the Lord and fasted. And the Holy Ghost said, Separate out Barnabas and Saul for the work thereunto I had called them. And when they had fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on them and sent them away. Have, maybe I need to, we need to pray and fast. We're going to pray on Thursday night. We're going to pray before we dismiss here in a second. But what have we sacrificed? Fasting is giving up something. What have we given up for Jesus? And then lastly, Acts 14, I've just entitled it, The Church Grows. The Church is Growing. The key verse, verse 21, Acts 14, 21. <clears throat> These couple of verses, and they preached the gospel in that city, and they taught many, and they returned again. After they started all these churches, they returned to where the churches were, Lystria, Iconium, and Antioch. Verse 22, 
confirming the souls of the disciples and encouraging them to continue in the faith that we through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. Tonight, we've been given a glimpse of the church in action. As we prepare for a hymn of invitation, I ask you tonight, this continuing journey, it hasn't stopped. Would you be willing to pray tonight and say, God, help me do what you want me to do, to, that you've called me to do, that you are leading me to do. That, that's it. It may be being a witness at work. It may be being the husband that you know God wants you to be. It may be stepping up and say, you know what, I, I've just been playing church. I've just kind of been going through the motions. What, whatever God is leading you to do tonight. And you'd be praying for revival. Just, but don't pray for revival without it starting right there in your heart first. Let it start right there in your heart first.